Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly, and the Philadelphia Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl for the first time in five years after a dominant destruction of the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field in the NFC Championship game. Uh, first time in five years, the Eagles are back, and what a dominant performance that was yesterday, taking on the number two seed in the NFC, San Francisco 49ers, one of the best defenses in the NFL and obviously extenuating circumstances, which we'll get into uh, here throughout the course of the podcast. But uh, what a performance from the Eagles. And what a season from the Eagles. And that's kind of where I want to start here. Because it's really incredible 
where we are. And this is the thing I keep coming back to when you think about this team and when you think about this season. Is where they were just 24 short months ago. I mean, when you think about where this team was two years ago at this time and how fitting that the Eagles win that game, that they had punched their ticket to the Super Bowl two years to the day of that Nick Sirianni introductory press conference, which, I mean, you remember that day, and it was, it, it was, it was, you know, kind of, I don't know, frightening is the right word. I, I think there were a lot of overreactions to that press conference. I mean, it was a very odd situation. You remember, you think back to that point and, and where we were, you know, uh, still doing things over Zoom. I think Nick Sirianni was very uncomfortable, but there's no doubt, like, all of us came out of that press conference uh, with legitimate questions about whether this guy was qualified. I mean, there were those questions before that press conference even took place because Nick Sirianni's name kind of emerged out of nowhere when you look at this coaching search and all of a sudden, you know, a couple days before we were talking about it, it seemed like it was going to be between Josh McDaniels and Deuce Staley for who was going to get this job. And all of a sudden, Nick Sirianni's name emerged. And a couple days later, he's the head coach. And we didn't know much about him. Our first impressions of Nick Sirianni were that press conference. And and at the time, I mean, I'd be lying if I wasn't concerned. He, he seemed like he was out of his league here. He seemed like he was, you know, out of, uh, out of his realm of ability. Being not just a head coach, but a head coach in such a large market. But I think Nick Sirianni, you know, where you really need to, to look at things here and where we really need to start is with the culture that he has built because the things that Nick Sirianni has said during that press conference, he stayed consistent to. He talks about these core beliefs. He talks about the things that he truly believes in as a coach and doubling down on the things that he believes in as a coach. That's what he's done. And the players have bought into it. And it's not easy to get professional athletes to buy in the way these guys have bought in. And Nick Sirianni deserves a, a ton of credit for that to get this team where he's gotten them in two years and, you know, to really establish that program and take over what was a rough situation. I mean, that 2020 season was a complete disaster. And that's where the other part of the credit really needs to go. Obviously, Nick Sirianni, for what he's built, the culture and getting these players to buy in. But the job that Howie Roseman has done, I mean, when you think about where this team was after the 2020 season from, you know, a salary cap standpoint, from a draft pick standpoint, I mean, I remember talking about, regardless of who the Eagles are going to hire as the head coach, this seemed like it was going to be a somewhat you know, lengthy rebuild. Like, last year, 2021, nobody expected that this team, that that team last season, was going to be a playoff team. I mean, we thought that will just be the kind of the bridge year, like the year that they are coming out of the 2020 disaster. Like, that would be the beginning of at least a, a, a three-year rebuild. Instead, this team makes the playoffs, and, you know, this past off season. Just incredible. And you look at what Howie has done over the course of the last couple years. It's been insane. And you look at the, you know, the offseason that he had this year. And that's really what's, what's been so impressive. Is last year, yeah, it was a little bit of a rebuilding year. They were able to be better than we expected them to be. But this past offseason is when Howie was really able to put his stamp on the organization. And it comes back to an organizational philosophy. 
that the Eagles have that not a lot of other teams have is that they're going to be aggressive. Like, they're not afraid to take chances. They're not afraid to take risks. And after the 2020 season, you know, many teams would have said, oh, we, we can't trade Carson Wentz. You know, it's one bad year. It's not worth it to take, take that kind of dead salary cap hit, especially when you, at the time, didn't know if you had an answer at quarterback. It turns out Jalen Hurts is the answer at quarterback. But at that point, nobody knew that Jalen was going to be the guy. Most teams would say, okay, well, we'll go another year at Carson Wentz. No, the Eagles decided this isn't going to work. We need to get rid of Doug. We need to get rid of Carson. We need to restart. We need to restart right now. And if we need to pay in the short term, we'll pay in the short term. Now, it seems like that price wasn't as costly as we thought it would be. The team was better than expected last year. But you look at what how he was able to do this offseason. And this was really the offseason when he had the money back. He had the salary cap space. He had the draft picks. To go out and make some of the moves that he was able to make and whether it's C.J. Gardner-Johnson, picking up a James Bradbury, being opportunistic after the Giants release him. You know, adding pieces on both sides of the football. Obviously, A.J. Brown trade, major, major move on draft night to use one of those first-round picks, that extra first-round pick that you had, go out and get a receiver like A.J. Brown. Get a true number one. He has changed the complexion of, of this offense. And then when you look at defensively, the way the Eagles have beefed up on the lines, and what more can you say about the signing of Hassan Reddick? And I liked the signing at the time. I thought Hassan Reddick was going to provide this defense with a lot of the things that they were lacking. I mean, you look at the team last year, and I know there was a lot of criticism of Jonathan Gannon and and the defensive scheme and what he was doing, but I thought it was pretty simple. I thought, you know, this team didn't have a lot of talent. I mean, your best edge rushers last year, you had Josh Sweat. But aside from that, I mean, you're talking about Derek Barnett starting on the outside for you. You had guys like Ryan Kerrigan on the last legs of their career. Like, you, you, Brandon Graham obviously gets hurt early in the season. You're dealt a bad hand there. You didn't have talent. And for Howie to go out and get a Sam Reddick, and I, I still cannot believe that Hassan Reddick was available for what the Eagles got him for. Three years, $45 million. At this point, it's looking like the best free agent signing, regardless of position last year. You get a guy who had double-digit sacks two years prior for two different teams in two different defensive schemes. The fact that you could get him for that you know, very reasonable price is amazing. And he has come in here and completely changed this defense. And you saw it in that game on Sunday, and we'll get deeper into the game. We'll recap that in a minute here. But just think he's a game wrecker. He's an absolute game wrecker. In two weeks in a row in the playoffs, Hassam Reddick has set the tone early, come up with big plays, big sacks early in the game to set the tone against the Giants last week and against the 49ers this week. 19 and a half sacks this season for Hassan Reddick and Howie Roseman. And, and I know, you know, most people won't do it, people are prideful. And people don't like to admit they're wrong. And, and you know, in some instances, I'm the same way. But I like to admit I'm wrong when, when, when I feel that's obvious. But I just wish a lot of the Howie haters would come out and admit they were wrong. Because so many people wanted this guy fired. So many people wanted this guy gone after 2020. And were there mistakes made? Yeah. And I, I know people are upset over the Rager over Jefferson pick. I get it. It was a bad pick. 
But you look at the overall picture of what Howie Rosen has done, you know, the last couple of years, the overall picture of what he has done since taking over the mess that Chip Kelly left, it just doesn't happen. Like, you talk about a general manager now who has built essentially two completely different teams in the course of five years, in the span of five years, and gone back to the Super Bowl. It doesn't happen. Like, there is not a lot of carryover between the players on 2017 and the players on this team. It's like it's like eight players. It's Kelsey, it's Cox, it's Graham, Lane Johnson, uh, Sayamalu, those kind of guys. But much of this team is different. And this is Howie Roseman in the span of five years completely rebuilding, completely changing the face of the team, going back to the Super Bowl with a quarterback and, a, and, a, and with a different quarterback and a different head coach. And this team's better. Like, they have rebuilt better than they built in 2017 initially. And he deserves a lot of credit. I wish he would get it. I wish people would admit they were wrong. I'm sure they probably won't admit they were wrong because, you know, people don't want to give Howie the credit he really deserves here. But what a phenomenal job by this organization. What a phenomenal job by Howie Roseman. And, And now let's get into the NFC Championship game and how things went down yesterday at the link. So the game starts out, Eagles get the football on the opening drive, Niners win the toss and defer, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that um, leading up to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks here. But uh, the Eagles get the ball first, and I, I thought a real tone-setting first drive from them. They pick up a couple first downs, they have the third and eight near midfield, you know, really good play by, by Jalen Hurts, where a blitz gets home for the Niners, they get pressure on Hurts, uh, is able to get rid of the ball. Gets it across the middle. A.J. Brown, a really nice catch to scoop it up. And then a couple plays later, the critical fourth and three, where, first off, love Nick Sirianni going for it. And Nick Sirianni, let's face it, early on in this game, coached the pants off of Kyle Shanahan. Um, Because fourth and three, the Eagles go for it. And again, like we talk about Sirianni's core beliefs sticking to that stuff. Sirianni's going to be aggressive in those spots. And it's not a situation where he's always going to do it. It's not like he's he's living by the numbers here, but that was a situation where where obviously you felt like you wanted to go for it. You're on the Niners side of the field. You want to establish that tone early. And let's face it, it's kind of a broken play. I mean, the Niners haven't played well. Um in general, I thought the 49ers defense uh did a pretty good job in the first half of that game yesterday. Um but you know, they they haven't played well. It's kind of a scramble drill. Great job by Jalen buying time. And then lost the ball deep down the field to Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith makes what in real time appeared to be just a phenomenal one-handed catch. Now, upon review later on in the game, we find out it was not a catch. But this is where the the little things show up. And this is where coaching shows up. And this is where you can tell how well-prepared this team is. Because Devontae Smith immediately gets up, and he's making like a gesture, like uh, punching his fists together. And, you know, obviously, in retrospect, that's a signal that the Eagles have for let's get up to the ball and let's run a play. And I don't know if Devontae thought he caught it. I I don't know if he knew he did not catch it. But that's coaching. Like, if there's any question, you get up to the ball. And you look to run the next play. You look to get it off as quick as possible. And, you know, I understand the 49ers didn't have the angle. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, I mean, this is a big mistake. Like, if you see the urgency in which the Eagles are going to the football, you just, I feel like you you either, you need to do one of two things in that spot. 
you need to either just throw the flag or you need to take a timeout to get a better angle. And I understand that you could take a timeout, then you could challenge and you could lose another timeout. You could lose two timeouts very quickly there. But that's a massive play early on in the game. I mean, you're talking about fourth and three, where it sets the Eagles up with first and goal. Obviously, they eventually go in to score the touchdown two plays later in a Miles Sanders six-yard run. But you're talking about if that is incomplete, you're getting the ball near midfield. You get a stop on the opening drive. Uh, You get a turnover on downs. That's a huge play. And I thought that was a massive misstep by Kyle Shanahan to not at least take a timeout and to, to... Get a different angle to at least buy yourself some more time because you can tell with the urgency in which the Eagles are going to the ball, there's at least some kind of question there. So I thought that was a big situation. And you compare that to the other side where then the Niners get the ball, Eagles up 7 nothing, And the play that really, uh, I mean, let's face it, essentially ended the game. Um, and that's why, you know, the game honestly, unfortunately ended up being, I thought, kind of boring because, uh, you know, once Brock Purdy got injured, I didn't think there was any chance the Niners were going to win here. But the play that really ended the game, Niners near midfield, second down, Hassam Reddick, and and this is another just coaching blunder by Shanahan, who in general I think is a good coach. But, like, you got a tight end trying to block Hassam Reddick one-on-one. That's just schematically inexcusable. Like, that is something that is never going to go well for you. And Hassam Reddick beats the tight end goes in, hits Brock Purdy, injures the elbow, but on the field, that's ruled an incompletion. Now, the Niners are trying to get up quick. You know, you could tell that they kind of knew that something was off there. Instead, Nick Sirianni throws the flag, and that's a massive, massive difference in the game. Nick Sirianni throws the flag. The Eagles end up getting the turnover, and you see one coach prepared in that spot and one coach that's not. And while Kyle Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan is a good offensive play designer, um, he's really bad at game management. And that was one of the stories going into this game here was, you know, would the Eagles have an advantage in that area? And it proved that they did, you know, very much early. I think in the operation, obviously, because the Devontae Smith play, that's a coaching point. Like, that's something Nick Sirianni tells those guys. If there's any question, we get up to the line, we go fast, credit to Devontae for knowing it, but credit to the Eagles for teaching it, and then I thought a big factor was one team made a critical challenge, the other team did not. And San Francisco, not at least calling a timeout on that Devontae Smith play, I thought was really, really inexcusable. Now, you look at the rest of the first half here, and this is something that you know, I think fans need to admit here, and, and I think, you know, Eagles fans have been a little sensitive uh, to some of the criticisms about the opposition they played. But the Niners' defense, I thought, did a really good job in the first half of this game. Now, I know, and this is something I, I've seen quite a bit, is, oh, well, the Eagles scored 31 on the best defense in the NFL. There needs to be context added there. I mean, the Niners were essentially playing without a quarterback. Like, once Brock Purdy comes out of the game, And he had to come back in later once Josh Johnson got hurt. But Josh Johnson's not an NFL caliber quarterback. Brock Purdy comes back in, said after the game, could throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. Like, they're essentially playing the game without a quarterback. Their defense is on the field constantly. And honestly, I thought for the most part in that first half, I thought San Francisco's defense did a really good job. Like, they hang in there. They get some stops. McCaffrey scores a touchdown. It's 7-7. And then... It was just self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound. And this is where it comes back to coaching. I mean, the Niners just continually, 
you know, giving the Eagles opportunities with penalties on third down, uh, the big uh, illegal contact penalty on Jimmy Ward on that drive. Um, you know, T.Y. McGill, the former Eagle, with an illegal hands-of-the-face penalty. I, I mean, the Niners just continually giving the Eagles chances. Leads to another touchdown. And then, where the game really ended here, Josh Johnson, Kyle Shanahan for once decides he's going to be aggressive at the end of the first half. And Josh Johnson, you know, basically just drops the snap. It was a perfect snap. Just fumbles it. Eagles recover it. Uh, manage the clock really well. I thought at the time they were going a little too slow. Uh, but they end up scoring the touchdown, going up 27, 21-7. And at that point, you knew the game was over. Like, you knew the Niners with their quarterback situation. Their offense is compromised as it was. You knew that they were not going to score uh, that amount of points. And the second half was pretty anticlimactic. And the Eagles win here. But, you know, just a little more on, on where I think the fans are being a little overly sensitive here. And this is something I've seen a lot on social media and... I don't know why it's so hard for people to just admit the Eagles had a relatively easy path to get to the Super Bowl here. And it's not their fault. Like, it's not anything I'm saying is is like a a criticism of the Eagles. I mean, you can't control it. You can only play who you play. But, like, let's be honest about it here. I mean, you play the Giants, who are not a very good team. Let's face it. The Giants are, are, are... not a typical team you see in the divisional round of the playoffs. And the 49ers, already down to their third-string quarterback, and then down to their fourth-string quarterback after the first drive. And I understand that the Eagles caused that injury to Brock Purdy. But, like, the the level of offense that Eagles fans are taking, how dare you say that the Eagles had an easy path to get to the Super Bowl? They did. They did. And there's nothing wrong with it. As I said, it's not their fault. But they did. They've had an easy path. And again, like to, to the point of, well, they scored 31 on the Niners defense. There needs to be context added to that. Okay? Like, seriously. And I, I don't get why people find it so offensive to point out things that are just, just true. Like, the Niners defense was in a terrible spot yesterday. They were going to break at some point. Like, they were on the field uh, constantly because the Niners couldn't throw the ball. And again, it's not the Eagles' fault. You need luck sometimes. Like it, it's it's preferable. I'm always of the of the opinion you want the easy path. I'm glad the Eagles got the opponents that they got. I'm glad they didn't need to see Dallas. And I think the Eagles would have beaten Dallas. I think they would have won that game. But stylistically, I thought the Cowboys prevented or presented the most difficult matchups to the Eagles in the playoffs. So there's nothing wrong with admitting. The fact that this team had a relatively easy postseason path to get here. You know, it's just it's just the truth. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm glad the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. I'm glad they got this kind of easy path here. But, I mean, let's, let's face it. They, they weren't facing world beaters in the postseason. And, you know, the 31 that they put on the Niners' defense needs to, needs to, there needs to be that added context there. Because, I mean, I thought, in general, I thought the Niners' defense played pretty well um, and held up for a while, considering the situation uh, and the state that their offense was in at the time. But the Eagles now in the Super Bowl, and they will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And that Chiefs-Bengals game was a crazy game, and I talk about how the Niners hurt themselves. I mean, the Bengals just, what a disastrous way 
for that game to end. I thought the officiating in that game was brutal, and I'm not somebody who typically blames the refs, and I'm not blaming the refs for the Bengals losing, but there were some calls in that game that just, I mean, went the Chiefs' way that just shouldn't have gone the Chiefs' way. I mean, let's face it. There there were, there's a third down, the Bengals get a stop, um, but then they say the play was whistled dead before it happened. They ran the full play. Nobody knew until after the play ended. Then a defensive penalty on the Bengals. Um, the the Bengals have to punt late in the game. Uh, Chiefs get a big return. I mean, just a clear as day block in the back that is not called. Um, and those are on the refs. Now, the penalty on Joseph Asai uh, that set the Chiefs up for the game-winning field goal, that was a legit penalty. Uh, I have no problem with the official throwing the flag there. I, I saw some criticisms of that uh, from people as far as you can't throw the flag in that spot. I disagree. Uh, I think, you know, a, a penalty like that, as clear as that was, Patrick Mahomes was clearly out of bounds. Joseph Asai, uh, you know, pushed him. That was a penalty. And that should have been called. It was the right call. Set the Chiefs up for a game-winning field goal. Feel for Asai after the game. He obviously was was gutted by it. Um, and credit to his Bengals teammates for coming in and sticking up for him a little bit. But uh, now it's the Chiefs, and now it's Andy Reid. And this is something I'm sure we'll talk about for the next two weeks on WIP leading up to the Super Bowl. But Andy Reid versus the Eagles, and, and how fitting. I mean, what a career Andy's had, both in Philadelphia and in Kansas City. And I'll just say this, and this is something that I will continue to say. I have made my opinion very clear on this, and I will hammer it home over the next two weeks. But people should appreciate Andy Reid. And it goes even further than that. Like, I I think the people, the Eagles fans in this city, that harbor any sort of resentment toward Andy for not winning a Super Bowl, that you know, hate Andy Reid, don't like Andy for whatever reason. I think they're a stain on this fan base. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think they're a stain on this fan base. And I think it, it's, you know, and, and this is why people complain about why are Eagles fans, you know, characterized a certain way. Why are Eagles fans, you know, looked at as, you know, ruthless or or... Why do people not like this fan base in certain situations? It's because of that group of fans. It's because of that group of fans that cannot bring themselves to appreciate a guy who made this a relevant organization. Because for all the people who want to look back, and and what's so ironic about it, it's the same people who idolize Buddy Ryan and romanticize the Buddy Ryan days. That team that won nothing. like That team that never won a playoff game. This was not a relevant organization before Andy Reid was here. And people can fight me on that. People can can deny the reality of it. But it's true. Nationally, the Eagles didn't matter. The Eagles were, you know, the the pesky ankle biters to the Cowboys. That's what the Eagles were in the 80s and 90s. Eagles didn't matter nationally. The Eagles weren't a team that was being featured in primetime spots unless they were there playing against a team like the Cowboys, or unless they were there playing against a team like the 49ers. They were always like the B-side of any game or, or any big primetime rivalry. Andy Reid changed all that. Andy Reid made the Eagles the feature attraction. Andy Reid made this a relevant organization. Andy Reid made this a perennial contender 
which they never were before. And, you know, and I, it's the one thing I hate about this matchup. Like, objectively, it's going to be great. Like, it's just such a fun storyline. And it's, it's, it's cool that it's, it comes full circle with Andy playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But the one thing I don't like about it is we're going to see this ugliness again. And from that group of fans who I just, I really look down upon. I think they give all Eagles fans a bad name. I think they don't appreciate what Andy Reid did here and what what Andy Reid really set up here because, you know, and somebody tweeted this to me yesterday and I thought it was a great point in terms of, like, what Andy did is still felt through the organization today. Like, there's no doubt. Like, when you look at the fact that he showed Jeffrey Lurie what a winning organization looks like. He showed, okay, this is how the operation needs to work. This is how a coach needs to operate. This is how a coach needs to fill out his staff. I mean, look at that. That staff that Andy Reid put together in the early 2000s was ridiculous. When you look at Jim Johnson and Steve Spagnuolo, Leslie Frazier, I mean, some of the names on it, John Harbaugh is the special teams coach. That staff was absolutely insane. That showed that this stuff's really really important. And you're crazy if you don't think, like, in the Eagles' evaluation process of hiring coaches, whether it was hiring Sirianni, you know, hiring Doug the first time around, that's something they focus on the interview now, big time, is how are you going to fill out your staff? Because you know why? We know that you need a good staff to succeed. We know from the time with Andy Reid that you need coaches you can rely on at every level of the organization. And the governing principles that Andy lives by are still felt through the organization. You win in the trenches. You build on the lines, and you worry about skill positions later. And I know for years people have cried, oh, why do the Eagles not have any linebackers? Um, It's because it's not the most important position. And the Eagles have linebackers who are serviceable, like T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White are serviceable. But Andy's beliefs and Andy's principles are things that the Eagles still hold true today. I mean, it's why they knew it was time to get rid of Chip Kelly. They knew that culture had become toxic because it wasn't, you know, uh, similar to what it was with Andy. And you see Doug came in and built a culture, and Nick Sirianni's come in, built a culture as well. But Andy showed Jeffrey Lurie how to win. Andy, in large part, you know, helped with the, the, the development of Howie Roseman as an executive. Howie was essentially Joe Banner's right-hand man during the Andy Reid years. And if you don't think Howie learned a ton from Andy, you're kidding yourself. You know, and I just, I wish people would appreciate it. I wish people would get over this stupid nonsense of years past. And if you're one of those fans, you can, you know, throw the, 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 say bad stuff about Andy in the next couple weeks and and do the normal Andy Reid hate stuff, which is just so old and tired and lazy, to be honest with you. Um, But you're staying on the fan base. And I think that whole group uh, really gives the fan base a a bad name. And I hope this can be a cordial thing over the next couple weeks, because it should be. Andy did a lot for this organization. Andy is one of the best coaches of all time. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And any Eagles fan that refuses to appreciate that I, I just it sickens me, and it, it honestly makes makes you sad. Honestly, it makes and not doesn't make me sad for for myself. It makes me sad for them that they can't appreciate it. And I know that team didn't win a Super Bowl, but if you 
didn't, if you don't think you had, I mean, it was so much fun being an Eagles fan during that, during that point. And yeah, they didn't win at all, but there were a lot more Sundays that were fun than were miserable. And that was never the case with the Eagles prior to Andy getting here. Now, as far as the matchup goes, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, we have two weeks to break that one down. Um, I think the Eagles do have the advantages up front. And I'll say this. like I, I got to break it down, and, and, and uh, I'll do that more on WIP over the next couple weeks here. But one of my main things, just initially looking at this game, is if this game is a blowout, it's going to be the Eagles blowing out the Chiefs. Like, I think the Eagles are too good to get blown out. When you look at the fact they've only lost three games this year, two of those without Jalen Hurts, the one they did lose with Jalen Hurts to Washington was so weird, time of possession stuff, turnovers, just, uh, you know, some questionable officiating. It was just a weird game. I think this roster is too talented to get blown out. And I think if you look back at that, like, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be tight. But it wouldn't stun me if the Eagles just come out and blow them out of the water. And the template you really look at, the template I'm looking at here for why that can happen, is look at that Bucks chiefs Super Bowl a couple years ago. You know, everybody thought that was going to be a close game. I thought the Chiefs were going to win a, a close game. And the Bucks just came out and dominated them because they had the better offensive and defensive line. And I could see that same kind of scenario playing out here. Now, this is a close game late. As great as Jalen Hurts has been, and Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal, I mean, you don't want to be playing the close game against Patrick Mahomes because the guy is, I think, proved yesterday he's still the best quarterback in the NFL and uh, is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. But I do think the Eagles have advantages up front, and if they dominate on the offensive-defensive lines, I think this game could look a lot like that Tampa Bay Chiefs Super Bowl a couple years ago. I really do. I think this game could look very similar to that if the Eagles dominate up front. Uh, just my initial impressions. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about this over the next two weeks. Um, and unbelievable, the Eagles back in the Super Bowl. Credit to the entire organization. Congratulations to Eagles fans. And Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Jeffrey Lurie, what an unbelievable job. This remains one of the best organizations in football and uh, certainly the best organization in Philadelphia. But that'll do it with Trash Talk for Trash Talk with TK today. Thank you for listening. I'll be back on WIP overnight Tuesday into Wednesday this week, Thursday and Friday nights from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. We'll obviously be talking a lot of Eagles, getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, should be a fun week. Unbelievable performance from the Birds. And they're back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. Uh, and we'll see how it goes in a couple weeks. But thank you for listening. I'm Tom Kelly. This is Trash Talk with TK. Uh, I'll talk to you this week on WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 